Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
All right, welcome back to Heavy Metal Mayhem. We kick things off tonight with my good friends from Shock Paris, One War with the World. I know those guys are working on some new material. Vic has sent me over a couple of songs to, you know, give a listen to. And, man, I tell you, when that new record comes out, it's going to blow people away. Uh, I don't want to play anything off that until, you know, Vic gives me the okay. Maybe we'll have him on when that album is ready to go. But, man, we got a great show for everybody tonight. And it's a jam-packed show on top of that. Mark and Bill from Warlord are going to be calling in live in about 10 minutes or so. And the first five people that want a copy of their brand-new CD, The Holy Empire... Just leave a comment in the chat, you know, that you're a Warlord fan. If anything good about Warlord, or call up the number, and uh, we'll give you that. And if you can't do any of those, because maybe you're calling from a place that you're not able to, uh, just head by Facebook to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show page. Give it a like, and send me your address. First five people win, so there you go. Also, after that, Uncle Al, Uncle Al Jorgensen from Ministry is our guest. We'll be talking with Al. Uh, Ministry's kind of over these days, but he's got a new album out that he's promoting because Mike was on guitar with him. So uh, stick around for that. And then the second half of the show, man, we got a whole bunch of great guests uh, from Vengeance Rising. You may remember these guys from back in the 80s as Vengeance. They were Vengeance Rising, then Die Happy. I believe now they're once dead, but they're celebrating the 25th anniversary of their first record. And Larry Farkas, Roger Martin, and Glenn Mancuso will be calling in on the second half of the show. So stick around. It's a great one. Right now, my partner in crime is waiting patiently. Tommy, how are you, my friend? Good evening, Mike. What's going on, man? What's happening there, buddy? Ah, not a hell of a lot. <laughs> well, that's good there. to know. <laughs> Just hanging in there, listening to some great rock and roll. I hear that. You're not listening to this show then, I guess. <laughs> what, are you kidding me? <laughs> we got a great one tonight, man. Everybody's calling in live tonight, so it's busy. We've got a whole bunch of guests. We're going to get through it, but what a great way to close out September, man. Warlord and the guys, they already gave away a whole bunch of CDs and autographed pictures this week, you know, through the... The Facebook page, and they're giving away five more of the new CD tonight. So it doesn't get any better than that. A great band and free CD if you're lucky enough to call in or email or any way you want to contact me during the show to get that CD. Then Uncle Al Jorgensen from Ministry. Al's a crazy guy, and a, <laughs> he's a character, man. So uh, we have him on, and then we got the guys from Avengers Rising. That's a pretty good way, I have to say, you know, to close out this month. And Yeah, definitely a good capper. Yeah. Oh, and Rocktober is right around the corner, man. And we got great guests you coming up in October too. So check out the Facebook page for everything going on. I'll throw you a little hint. Next, uh, you know, next Sunday night, we have uh, Gary Papard from the band Jaguar, New Wave of British Heavy Metal band, been around a long time, and we've been featuring those bands, you know, the whole year in the Wave of British Heavy Metal era. And uh, that little sexy thing called Miss Lita Ford will be on with us next week too. So we got a great show. So don't forget to tune in every Sunday night at six o'clock. But T, how about we get us some music because we got Mark calling in in a little bit. I got to explain okay. Mark calling. Bill will be calling in. And I do want to get on a few tunes before then. So let me see what we can do here. We've got a few minutes. Let me get on one more song. And then you know what? We'll go right into something off the brand new Warlord record because then we got a surprise for everybody after the interview from Warlord. So, hey, you want to hear the new Motorhead or do you want to do something different? Definitely. Go for the new Motorhead. New Motorhead? All right. This is off the brand new Motorhead record. It's a song called Heartbreaker. So check it out, and I think we might have somebody from the band on this month also. I don't want to jinx myself, but we'll see what happens. But check mm -hmm. it out. We'll go right into some Warlord after that.
Alright, that was Father off the brand new Warlord CD, The Holy Empire. I tell you, it's an amazing record. If you haven't picked it up yet, please, you have to go out and do so. But right now, we have Mark and Bill on the line. Guys, how are you today? Good, Mike. Good. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and it's a pleasure to have you both on here today. And I have to tell you, you guys really outdid yourself with this new CD. I mean, it kind of brings me back to the old days, but yet it's so modern and new. It's just a great combination of, like, you know, 40 years of music. It's You did an amazing job on it. You guys have to be proud of how it came out. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we put a lot of work into it, and uh, uh turned out really well. I'm very happy with it. And, and well, you should be. So I'm just going to throw the questions out there. You guys can answer in any way you want, so I don't have to keep uh, calling you out one at a time. <laughs> we'll do it that way today. But, I mean, the songs, I mean, actually, a couple of these songs go back to, like, like the mid-'80s when you guys recorded them on a demo. I think it was Father and uh, I think one other song? City Walls of Troy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, City Walls of Troy. Yeah, Mark's right. Yeah. Um, uh, City Walls of Troy actually goes back to an original uh, 1981 demo. Uh, Warlord demo that a lot of fans uh, uh, wanted to hear something from that demo, and uh, we just didn't want to do anything, you know, from the old old days. But we decided, hey, what the hell? Let's put something together from the old demo that's really killer, and uh, we put City Walls of Troy together. But the other two songs, Father and Thy Kingdom Come, um, yeah, um, we uh, although uh, they're uh, pretty much. Uh, 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 intact uh, uh, as far as the form is concerned uh, as they were uh, back in those days. Uh, we modified them quite a bit and, and, and changed them. I think one of the best parts about uh, going back and recording those is back in the days we would record everything with mics in the room and be happy just to hear everything. It was just great going back in to do a song like City Walls of Troy and Father and just be able to record them in a more modern situation with you know much better sounds and it's amazing how you know, a great song is a great song. doesn't matter how it's recorded, but it was just really nice to hear them, you know, full production and just, you know, beautiful recordings. And it just really made uh, sort of the highlight uh, for me, anyways, to hear those songs, you know, X amount of years later and just produce the right way. Yeah. Do you, do you find it like, you know, I mean, the, the recorded techniques are completely different today than they were when you guys first started out. And you can do so much more, like, on, on a smaller budget today, which is a which is a big thing, considering that, you know, the record industry is kind of in shambles, and bands are doing everything on their own today. Uh, do, do, you, do you prefer to record the way it is today? Because you guys don't even have to be together anymore. You can record from any part of the country or the world and put a song and a whole album together. Well, that's what's really funny, though, is when you think about it, is how, yes, it's been, you know, 30 years from the beginning, and, yes, we don't live in the same town and, and all that, but you listen to the record, and like everybody says, it sounds like we, you know, we never stop playing, and we're sitting in the same room together, and, you know, let's face it, magic is magic. I mean, musical magic is magic. It, it doesn't go away. It doesn't get old. It, it doesn't change. It's just certain things are magic, and, uh, you know, Bill and I playing together, I mean, there, there's no question. It's magic. Yeah, and we're, and, and we're firing files back and forth to each other constantly and on the phone, uh, you know, or uh, uh, talking with each other via Skype, and it's, it's uh, you know, we're making sure that, you know, uh, every detail is there, and uh, you know the continuity of uh, of the Warlord sound is is maintained. Yeah, I, I think more bands than often are recording that way today because you know over the years they've you know they've moved around and they're in different places, and when it's done right, you can never tell. I mean, the albums it's just an incredible sounding album. I mean, everything you know, combined together, 
and it, it has such a beautiful theme that flows through it. And like I, you said, some of these songs are older, some of them are new. I mean, were they all kind of written with the same theme in mind? Did you try to keep it consistent to come up with this concept? It's it's not really a concept album, um, but uh, uh, what uh, what we envisioned was just going for a a, uh, a massive sound and re-implementing uh, the keyboards. Uh, which on the last album, Rising Out of the Ashes, uh, we withdrew the keyboards and made it more guitar-heavy. Uh, but this time around, we just uh, uh, brought in a lot of keyboards and virtual instruments and, and just wanted it, to, uh, wanted it to sound big. And uh, uh, Rick Anderson on the vocals provided uh, some great harmonies, and we brought in female vocals. Uh, so we just we just wanted to go big with this. It definitely has that sound. And, and Bill, I remember when you were doing Lordy and God, that I, I remember hearing about the Holy Empire uh, at that time. Was this something that you carried over from there, or was that just something you were working on, and this is something completely new that's all Warlord? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, concepts, you know, song titles and, you know, uh, uh, you know certain riffs. Um, I remember Tony Iommi saying one time that he carries riffs with him for, you know, uh, 15 to 20 years. So, uh, you know, uh, sometimes when you have a, when you have an idea, uh, uh, whether it's a, a, a strong sounding title, you, you might say, Hey, yeah, this is, this is a good title for an album or, you know, this is a good title for a song. And many, even many of the old, older Warlord songs, I remember, for instance, Aliens, uh, I think we recorded that in 1984. I remember uh, uh, us having that uh, uh, down as early as 1981. So uh, I'm sure a lot of bands do that. You know, um, you have a concept, and if it's good, it 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 stays with you. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you go back to the old days. The band was around for quite a few years. The EP came out, Deliver Us, and then the Canons of Destruction have begun. And then we didn't hear anything from the band for a while after that. I mean, it was rough in the 90s for a lot of bands and, for, you know, to keep anything going. But what happened the first time around that you guys just said, you know, we're going to just pack it in and, and that's that? Well, the 80s, 80s were rough for us. We didn't really get to the 90s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, um, the, the, what basically happened, what the what the real... I think crux of the whole warlord dilemma is we couldn't find a singer and it's really tough to progress with a band without a singer. And yeah. I mean, me and Bill could tell you stories how we auditioned at least a hundred guys, a lot of guys, name guys, a lot of guys that went on to do other things, a lot of guys that were around, you know, some good, some not so good, whatever the reasoning was, you know, it didn't work out. I mean, we, we have like the wacky stories we've got, you know everything, and it was just it was it was that. I mean, you couldn't find a singer. I mean, here we are, we're we're pumping out records. We're we're a little ahead of our time doing our own video because we thought, okay, we can't really tour the world at this point, so let's have people overseas and other places be able to see us. So we put that whole thing together, and it's just without a singer, without a, a really solid member of the band, it's like driving a car with no steering wheel. I mean, it was, yeah. it, it was impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as the singer is concerned, we you know we had that. Epic, epic power metal, uh, uh, you know, sound uh, in L.A. Uh, at that time when you know most bands were, uh, or most metal bands were just. Uh, uh, um, uh, I'm not saying all hair bands. I mean, there were some excellent bands coming out of L.A., but um, uh, we couldn't find a singer uh, who had any epic power metal blood flowing through his veins at that time. 
And also another thing uh, to remember is, you know, back in, 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 in 1985, the European scene really hadn't taken off yet. Um, I mean, we would get letters from Europe uh, here and there, and we knew there was, you know, interest, but it really hadn't, as far as we were concerned, living in L.A., uh, we we had no idea that Warlord was gaining in popularity overseas. And we did not know that come 1987, 1988, this whole scene in Europe would just take off. Yeah, you know, the, the pre-internet days, you really had no way of knowing you know, where your fan base was, where they were coming from, except when you played live and you saw the people in front of you. And you would get letters, I'm sure, back in the day. But you really, today, so, you know, you go on the Internet, you click on, on a button, and you can find out where all your listeners are coming from. People, it makes it a lot easier to focus. So is it easier today to focus, like, on one part? Because everybody seems to focus on Europe today because, let's face it, that's where, you know, the loyalty is and where the fans are. And you guys have, like, the most incredible following over there, especially in Greece. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty, it, it's, pretty stuff. yeah, it's 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 the internet world now, and things are different. And uh, you know, we all know what it was like before then, and uh, it was just really impossible to know. Uh, I mean, we weren't prophets. We didn't know that you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, the 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 interest uh, would would uh, uh, increase among warlord fans, and the word the word would spread. So, you know, um, it was tough. And, uh, you know, you hammer it out for so many years, and you just, after a while, say, man, you know, we can't, we can't find the right vocalist. You know, things aren't working our way. Record companies are turning us down. You know, what, what the hell are we going to do? Yeah. We didn't, have, uh, we didn't have any kind of support also that, you know, someone saying, okay, here, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put this band together. We're going to go to Europe. Okay, we might do it on a shoestring budget, but we're going to go, and we're just going to pound it out and see what happens. I mean, we couldn't even get to that point. You know, and Metal Blade was, was so small time. time. Metal Blade was small time back then. Sure. Uh, we have to re- we have to remember that. I mean, you know, it was it was uh, very small. Um, so, you know. Do you think that's the hardest part of 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 being? I mean, you know, the whole. I wasn't even talking about the business end of it because that's a thing to itself, but. Is the hardest part of finding like-minded musicians to play with that kind of have the same goal or vision? I mean, in the 80s, when it was the heyday of metal, you would think there would be so many people willing to just, like, jump in that van and, you know, drag their ass around the country, where today people are a little bit more, you know, maybe a little bit more laid back about it because they know that they might not be able to make a whole career out of it. Well, no, the thing that we've we've learned that, that's sort of interesting, like me and Bill sort of joke, that, you know, if one of us could sing, we wouldn't need anybody else. Yeah. yeah. But... You know, basically, when it comes to the fill-in players, um, that's not that tough to do. I mean, basically, you know, Bill and myself and, you know, Philip Bino played on this record and, you know, Rick Anderson sang. But it's, you know, Bill's doing the writing. He put it together with the drums. Um, finding the people aren't isn't, isn't tough. It's the, it's the singer. It really comes down, and that's such a vital, vital piece that, um, you know, even to this day, you know, it, it's easier now, but it's still – to find the guy that has the attitude um, and the ability. <laughs> the ability is a big one, you know, Yeah. Um, to, to really go because, you know, we feel like we're at a point where the next step is really stepping into the bigger time, as they say. It, 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 and, into... and, yeah, and, and also, if I might interrupt Mark uh, here for a second, uh, after going through a couple singers, uh, you know, I came to a point in my songwriting uh, where – 
I just, I mean, even even actually from the beginning, the singer was just an extension of the melody the melody lines that I was, uh, uh, you know, creating. And, and basically, you know, uh, I would record my scratch vocals and, you know, the singer, uh, whoever it was, was just uh, following along the scratch vocals. It was nothing that they were coming up with. Uh, now, there are some great singers out there, but uh, they weren't coming to us. Yeah. And uh, so, so essentially, uh, the singer uh, for Warlord and the vocal melody line is just a, another instrument. That's how we see it. Of course. But a lot well, of but a lot of times, a lot of times, what the problem though is to find a guy that is is that good with his voice as an instrument to be able to follow what Bill wants him to sing as compared to just sing whatever you feel like singing and, you know, make it sound good, which is like what most bands do, is actually a very tall order because you're talking about a guy who has to have complete complete command over his voice. Not close, but he needs to have complete, like Bill said, just like another instrument. Absolutely. I agree with you. And a little uh, birdie to the grapevine tells you that you might have found that guy. Uh, yeah, um, actually, uh, you know, um, on the Holy Empire, uh, with, with that soundscape, uh, uh, that, that musical soundscape, uh, uh, much of the, uh, music that I wrote, Rick Anderson's voice was perfect. Now, Rick has a, uh, a, a, a mid to lower range voice, but, uh, in, in a lot of the riffs that I'm coming up with now and, and what I have structured for the next Warlord album, um, the soundscape is, is designed more, uh, more for a, a classic metal vocalist with an epic power voice uh, who can reach the, you know, all the high notes without going into falsetto. And um, because we'll be you know, going out live, we need somebody who can you know, cover all the Warlord singers. Sure. You know, so uh, quite, a, quite a tall speak, order. Speaking of tall orders, yeah, and uh, it was hard to find uh, somebody uh, that could do that. Uh, but uh, you know, I had in mind somebody from uh, a while ago, and uh, and uh, he's the he's the perfect guy. Well, who is it? It's uh, it's uh, Nicholas Leptos uh, from uh, the band uh, Orion Pass. Okay. Um, they're a great band. And uh, he is uh, just a phenomenal vocalist. And, uh, you know, we we ran him through the grinder. I mean, we had him, uh, you know, uh, 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 sing everything. You know, we wanted to know if if Nicholas could sing every uh, warlord singer and if he could provide, um, you know, the epic quality with his with his uh, natural voice to just uh, bring us into a whole new realm. So we're really, really happy with, uh, having, uh, uh, with having Nicholas on board. Uh, that's very excited to, yeah, very excited yeah, to see um, the new record on where we're going with that and, you know, having that style of voice and that kind of guy, um, you know, to sing those melody lines will be, uh, that'll be impressive. I'm, I'm, I'm very much waiting to hear that. It should be great. And, and well, now that you have that kind of vocalist in the line, I mean, in the past, did you did you ever feel like you had to kind of maybe limit yourself on what you can write, not knowing you know who the singer would be or how they can handle it? So you kind of like had to scale back. But maybe now you could really you know you know go full bore with what you want to do because I know like in your head you have the song one way, 
But like you said, you don't yeah. know if the singer can handle it, so maybe you have to like watch how you write. Are you more open now? Actually, uh, that's a good question, Mike. But um, with with everything that we have done, um, and uh, it's not like we have a huge catalog or anything, but with everything we have done, we have always uh, made sure that the vocalist was the right guy for the, jo- for the job, for that particular album. Uh, whether it was whether it was uh, uh, you know our very first singer Jack Rucker or whether it was Joachim Kans or, or Rick Anderson, um, uh, they all fit um, the project that we were uh, uh, working on at the time. Uh, now we're moving into a different realm. Um, uh, not that the music is going to be different. Uh, not that Warlord is changing its sound or its style. But uh, it's definitely going to require some some uh, lofty vocals uh, in the upper uh, in the upper scale. And uh, and Nicholas Leptos is a guy who can pull it off, uh, not only uh, 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 in a way where he is trying to do it, but he is just he just naturally has that epic power metal flowing through his veins, and that's what we were looking for. 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> if if he walked through the door 30 years ago, he would have been he would have been on board. Yeah, this would have oh. been a different conversation today probably. <laughs> yeah. You probably wouldn't be talking to me. You'd be talking to Eddie Trunk, but you know, <laughs> not yet today. So good to know. But I'm looking forward to hearing the music with him and and right now I have a question from somebody in the chat room. I'll just throw that out there if you don't mind. Um Gary Rogers from Texas wanted to know if there was any way that you would Put the rainbow demo available to the fans for download. It's not on CD. That's what he's asking. That's been asked uh, uh, for a long time uh, that maybe uh, we would uh, uh, allow that track uh, from the Warlord demo, which is 1981, yeah. to go down on a uh, an album as a bonus track or something. And honestly, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, there's your answer, Gary. <laughs> Enjoy it if you have the old demo. That's all you're going to get. <laughs> did, did you ever think about going back with some of the older stuff and re-recording them, you know, uh, you know, modernizing them, updating them, or what it is is what it is, and, you know, that's that. It's time to move on. Mark. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, it, it, it's funny. We, we, we've talked about it, but it, it, with, with, we have so much to do in a moving forward kind of thing here. With the DVD that, DVD that we're doing, with the shows that were shot in Athens, with a new record that we're you know putting together to get out to get back out on tour, you know, in a perfect world, yes, it would be great if we could take a month aside and go, okay, here's seven songs that we did in the old days that never really saw records. Let's go in and do them. I mean, yes, you know, I mean, that maybe that'd be the Warlords version of the Metallica uh, garage tapes or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. But it, it's just that we have so you know little time and we're trying to do so much to move it forward, not necessarily, not that going back is a bad thing. And, and I understand it. I mean, honestly, I, I myself would love to hear that song recorded the right way. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't, I mean, it's a great song and yeah. it'd be great to have it recorded the right way, but we're trying to push forward now, you know, maybe check yeah. back and maybe a couple of years, you never know. I mean, and, and, you never and, know. Uh, and, and honestly, we have done that. I mean, we have pulled some songs out of the past, reworked them, and uh you know and recorded them and we mentioned them at the beginning of the at the beginning of the show i mean right there city walls of troy thy yeah. kingdom come and father 
you know, well, you those know. are three songs, and, you know, uh, but we still do want to put, you know, I mean, we still want to move forward, like Mark said. But I exactly. have to say, in all, in all honesty, that the funny part about that is, as much as Gary's into it and everything, sometimes we take a little slack for that. You know, you get that review where the guy's writing about how, well, they didn't have any new material, so they're busting out the old stuff. And it's sort of like, it, it, that's about as far from the truth as possible, but... It, it, those are one of those kind of situations sometimes that you can't win. Because if you don't do it, you know, some of the old fans are pissed off that they're not going to get what they want to hear, which, you know, we'd love to give you what you want to hear. But then on the other hand, you're going to get those people going, wow, you know, they're just rehashing old stuff. They must have nothing new. Yeah, so you exactly. can't win. You can't win, you know. Yeah. I know. It's, it, that's the honest truth. People are always going to complain, but do you listen to the complaints? I mean, do the reviews really matter after all these years? Because, you know, you know who your fans are. The fans are into the music no matter what you do. So when somebody says, well, I'm not crazy about the new record or this or that, I wish it was, you know, something from the older days, does it really impact how you feel or react or go about recording or writing for the next album? Because, you know, if you're not yourself, I mean, and you can't please yourself, can you really please your fans? Well, I, well, I mean, you know, obviously you can't please everybody, but you know, we're we're artists, you know, and as artists, I mean, we want to express ourselves and move forward and, you know, explore new ideas. We just don't want to revisit things that we did, you know, 25 or 30 years ago. So, uh, you know, we have new ideas. Um, and, you know, I can assure Warlord fans, and Mark can assure them too, that the material we have that will be coming out in the future, um, you know, will be, uh, uh, you know, 100% better than, uh, uh, than uh, uh, stuff that, uh, uh, that we did on the 1981 uh, uh, Warlord demo tape. Yeah. Well, and you and know, the one thing, too, that the one thing I can guarantee you real quick, though, is. Warlord albums are going to be Warlord albums. Warlord is not a band that next album, you know, we're going to get, you know, some wild idea that we need to be playing sort of like an African fusion. We're not going to be <laughs> trying to find ourselves. And you know, everybody's afraid, like some band, you know, the band, you know, whether it's Sting or whoever, you know, he's going to go like and make this hard left turn and no one's going to be able to follow it. Warlord is Warlord. It always will be. I think we've proven it since 1981, 2013 here that it's all Warlord. So nothing to worry about in that department. It's always going to be Destroyer and Thunderchild, so don't worry about it. The sound will be there. Yeah, that's important. I have to tell you, I've interviewed over 350 bands on the show over the years, and the Warlord fans, I have to tell you, they are the most loyal and diehard fans I think out of any band that I've ever had on the show. Because when you said you're going to come on, they just come out in droves. I mean, that's got to be a great feeling that after all these years of doing it, those fans are so they're just so diehard. They just they live and breathe Warlord. It's incredible. No, we owe we owe everything to the fans. I mean, that, that's what's kept it alive for 30 years. I mean, Bill and I haven't technically kept it alive, you know, running through the streets playing the music. I mean, the fans yeah. have done that. Yeah, and there's and and there's there hasn't been any advertising over the years trying to keep the flame burning. There haven't been any you know any record companies out there you know promoting this stuff. You know, it's the fans, and uh, you know um, we owe it to them and. Uh, we take that very seriously. So anything we're going to put down on an album is not going to be filler. Um, it's going to be killer. And uh, yep. that's our philosophy, and uh, that's how we're going to proceed uh, as we move forward. Well, that sounds great to me. Listen, I'm going to have to let you guys go in a few minutes because we're getting close to the next guest calling in, and I want to get on a, a song. We're going to get a Child of the Dam that actually has Nicholas 
on vocals so people can get a little sample of what's coming up and what to expect. But what's happening with Warlord now for the rest of this year? What's the next big plans coming up for the band? And where can they go to check out you guys? I know you have the new record coming out on vinyl, and it's going to be amazing. So uh, where can people go to find out what's happening with Warlord and keep in touch with you guys? Uh, the best place to go, really, what's happening is uh, on, on Facebook, uh, under my page, Bill Samus, there's a Warlord fan club group, and that's, believe it or not, where all the action is, is uh, happening. That's where all the insider information is. Um, it's not like a website that people have to go to. It's information that's provided right there on social media, and people come across, and they just join up. So, but that would be great if you could uh, if you could play Child of the Dan with Nicholas Leptos. I'd love I'd love uh, uh, for the fans to be able to hear that, Mike. We're gonna do that right now. And guys, I appreciate you coming on here today. You know, you're welcome to come back on any time you want to talk about anything. And I promise I'll have less guests on the next time. That way we can spend all two hours talking with each other. But oh, just that'd be great. great. Yeah, just to let you know, also, Mike, is we're gonna be going out 2014. We'll be out there. Uh, and uh, and we'll have Nicholas as our uh, front man as well, so uh, we'll be we'll be visible. Well, Definitely. I know this year. I believe it's coming up in another month. Uh, you're going to be at the Rock Harvest Festival. No, no, no. That's 2014. Oh, it's next year's. Okay. Why did I think it was this yeah, year? I don't yeah. know why. I'm jumping the gun here. But all right, wait. Wish I wish I don't catch it between now and then. I'm going to drive to Baltimore to see you guys. So. Cool. Sounds I'm good. looking forward to that. All right, guys, well, thank you very much. Mark and Bill, I do appreciate it. Let's get on Child of the Dam. And everybody go to Facebook, and you can find out what's going on with Warlord and see when they come to your part of the town. So, guys, thank you very much. Thanks, Thank Mike. you. Thank you. Take care. Mark and Bill of Warlord, great guys, an amazing band. I've been a big fan for 30 years. So let's give you a little taste of what's coming up. Like he says, Nicholas is going to be the new singer of the band. Here's his version of Child of the Dam.
For many, many years, going back to the early days, I definitely think the guys made the right choice. Uh, Nicholas definitely has that vibe going on, and it sounds great. And we're just listening to a song that was re-recorded, so I can only imagine with the new material how it's going to sound. And I'm looking forward to seeing some live clips up on YouTube. Great thing. Well, I want to thank Mark and Bill for calling in tonight. We still got a great show lined up, man. Uncle Al for ministry in about 10 minutes or so. And then we got the guys from Avengers Rising calling in at 7.30. But right now, we have to get on Mr. Ken Pierce from piercingmetal.com with all the latest and greatest news and everything happening in the New York City area this week. Kenny, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm ready to kick your behind, man. What are you telling the band who needs reviews for? What the heck, you trying to put me out of work? Oh, yeah, well, I didn't mean that to you. I just meant, you know, oh, right. you have to take it with a grain of salt because you know what? Yeah, all right, I'll Even give you a salt. Even though you're a great writer and you have a great website, <laughs> personal opinions, are they not? Oh, oh yeah, all right. First you're making fun of me, and you make me no, quit. No, no. I'm not making fun of you. I'm saying, isn't a review, <laughs> if I review an album, that's my opinion of the album. Okay. That's all it is, you know. So, you're saying, you're, so you mean when some jabroni website says something, it doesn't yeah, matter? Yeah, you know, like main you or, I, you, know. you or I speak on something, it's like uh, it's like a blessing from the pontiff. Right? That's right. It's like, oh, okay, you know, all right. Now, like when we have that clear, I'm not going to be mad anymore. No, it's like the Holy well, Trinity. What? We're like the Holy Trinity of metal over here. There we go. All right. All right. Well, anyway, so you got you got a busy show, so we, and I can't wait to hear Uncle Al, man. Oh my God! But let me get right down to the point. There's a lot of stuff going on this week as October gets into gear. But tonight we still have a little bit of September. So if you can remember, get down to Tobacco Road in beautiful Manhattan for a set by The Browning and this. Or the Apocalypse, they'll be playing tonight. Um, and then tomorrow, Mike, I know you really like burlesque, and the wife doesn't know about it, so luckily nobody, like she's not listening to the show, because uh, maybe you could sneak out to the Dita Von T's Burlesque Strip Strip Hooray variety oh. show that's going to be taking place for, I think, four nights. So she's going to be over oh. at the Gramercy Theater uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Wow! Talk about, talk about a residency, you know. Okay. That's 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 really cool. I might I might actually have to go to one of those uh, and see what's going on because that's uh, definitely definitely something that is worth 
check it out once or twice if you can. And hey, you know what? Back for the attack is Vicious Rumors over at the studio at Webster Hall. That is going to be a great show because the band is bringing along Seven Witches and some local talent that you don't want to miss for an exciting metal night. Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses, or formerly of Guns N' Roses, right? He uh, He's going to be over at the Bowery Electric, which is a nice, small, intimate space. He's going to be there with his, uh, I think it's called Hookers and Blow, is what the band he's working with now. And he's going to have Queen V playing uh, in, in, the sh- in the show, and also Evan Russell Saffer, who I think both of them you might have heard about on some, uh, some media pitches that you get. Kill Code is going to do a set of material. At Arlene's Grocery with local favorites, The Deafening. And Andy Timmons, you know, he's um, he was from Danger Danger, right? Andy Timmons. Correct. Correct. I'm making sure I'm for, not forgetting, you know, because I, I, don't, I don't always remember a lot of the 80s bands, even though I listened to them. But uh, Andy Timmons is going to be playing over at the Iridium Jazz Club two nights this week, and his set is very interesting. The first set, the early one, is going to be him playing his rendition of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and that's going to be the 8 o'clock set on both Wednesday and Thursday. Later evening set, the 10 p.m. set, he's going to be playing his own original material along with a number of other hard rock classics that he likes. Now, remember the the Iridium Jazz Club means you have a ticket for the 8 p.m. show, you need a ticket for the 10 p.m. show. You're not allowed to just stay. You know, of course, Mike, media giant like yourself, you are allowed to stay no matter what happens. You know, so of course. Uh, also on Thursday, we got a sky lit drive over at the studio at Webster Hall. And let's see, Friday I don't have anything, but Saturday sounds like a good time with Marky Ramone over at Irving Plaza doing his thing with Andrew W.K. singing this time. He's not going to be playing records like he did with this Black Sabbath show. And Local H is going to be at Santo's Party House. And that, my friend, is all we have going on. But what a way to start October. Isn't that freaking cool? Fantastic week for metal in New York, Kenny. I'll tell you, a lot of stuff, not only metal, a lot of cool stuff. So remember, ladies and germs, you can find Piercing Metal on the local social networks of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Do give us a find, and we will talk to you guys next week. And now, on to Uncle Al. All right. Thank you very much, Kenny. Mr. Ken Pierce from PiercingMetal.com. Hey, you there? What happened? I lost you during the interview. Yeah, I, I had to do a little something. I didn't want to make any noise. If you had yeah, that's all right. You didn't have me muted. I saw you in the chat room, so I knew you were still around. All right. Well, you know what? We do have Uncle Al Jorgensen for ministry in a few minutes, so uh, let's get on one or two more tunes if we can in that time. Uh, let's do a demolition segment and get that out of the way because, you know, I tend to forget sometimes. I'm getting old like the Alzheimer's is setting in, I think, you know? <laughs> it's, it's a rough world out there. But uh, this week, it's a band called Toxic Shock. Head over to the Heavy Metal Mayhem blog spot. You can download yourself a copy of this tape. I'm going to get on the song Rain of Terror. I'll follow it up with something else, and then we'll get Uncle Al on the line, all right? All righty. So here you go.
Wait. 
right, Oz with Dominator. Uncle Al is waiting patiently in the room, so let's get him on. And hey, stick around because at 7:30, Larry, Roger, and Glenn from Ventures Rising will be calling in live also. So let's get this show going here. Hey, Al, is that you? This is Mike. Hey, Mike, it's Angie Jorgensen. I got out for you right here. Hang on. Oh, great, Angie. Thank you very much. Hello, Mike. Uncle Al, it's great to talk to you today, buddy. It's always great to be above ground. <laughs> that, that's the truth. I got to tell you, how the hell you managed to do that all these years, it's beyond me. I'm glad that you're still here. Uh, well, I don't know, man. I think I have a cockroach gene or something <laughs> because uh, I've seen a lot of my uh, comrades in arms go down in uh, flames, so to speak. And uh, yeah, and I'm still here just kicking it. Man, that's good to know, man. I mean, it's been a long, crazy ride. But, you know, when you look back at the whole thing and the whole picture from, you know, the first day you got involved in music till now, I mean, I, I'm sure there were regrets here and there about certain parts of it, but would you change anything after all these years? You know what? I have absolutely zero regrets, including, uh, you know, the first album that I'm always bitching about and all that, uh, <laughs> because it, it's all a learning process. So, uh I'm happy to be where I'm at and just happy to be above ground every day, you know. Every day I wake up, it's kind of a surprise. So uh, I just keep going with that. In other words, I'm living on house money. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I spent my gambling debt a long time ago, man. I'm, I'm li- just living on house money. <laughs> That's all that matters, man. You know, you, you talk about that first record. You could talk about every record you've put out from all your different bands. I mean, they've all offered something to everybody. I mean, but, like, I, I look at the ministry stuff that you've done over the last 20 years, and especially the last couple of records. And I know this is going to be the final one, or maybe it won't be the final one. I don't know. You've said that a lot of times in the no, past. No, it's got to be. It's got to be. Without Mikey, it just can't happen. So yeah. I'm not even interested, and I don't need the money or anything like that, and I don't need the go tour on this or anything like that. Uh, it's just a nice little final Christmas present uh, for people that have been following for the last 30 years. And that's what I view this record as. It's very bittersweet, you know, for me because I lost my best friend. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's just like, okay, it, it's done. Trust me. The, it, you're not going to be coming back with me with a, a new ministry album interviewing my Dumbass, you know, like uh, uh, anywhere down the road. This one we we have to put to bed. But uh, there is a remix album coming out of it that we did. But we did it like simultaneously. The way we do things is me and Sammy, my engineers, we do remixes simultaneously as we're doing, you know, the the regular album. And so uh, in February, there is a remix album coming out of this. But other than that, I don't have any new stuff. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one thing. There's one song found that we actually remixed from 1981. Wow. <laughs> That's going back, man. And, uh, it's called I'll Do Anything For You, and it's about a Marine recruit. And... Uh, <laughs> At any rate, uh, I'm sure that one will see the light of day sometime. And, I mean, there's other stuff on my shelf, you know. 
that like if I die in a plane crash or something, some ghoul digger will put it out and uh, make some money on it or whatever. But uh, I'm pretty much done, man. I'm, yeah. I'm like, uh, that. that's it. I may produce another couple things or two musically, um, but basically I'm just concentrating on books and literature right now and trying to get those out, which is another tough battle. You know, it's like... Uh, Every time I send them something, they censor it or they send it back, you know, the publisher and tell me like I'm nuts and I can't release this stuff. That's incredible. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's the funniest thing in the world that people get involved with you whether it's musically or with the books. I mean, the Lost Gospel is some that's some reading. I mean, that's a good Turlebow book. I mean, that's amazing reading in that book. But like they they know what they're going to get with you. I mean, you're the most outspoken person I think in this business. You shoot from the hip. You say what you want to say, but yet they don't want that when they you know they bring you in because they should know that's what they're going to get. Hey, that's the start of my career. Seriously. Yeah. Um. Do Do you know that? Uh, most of the songs from The Land of Rape and Honey, which is like the uh, golden cow of the ministry catalog, okay? Yeah. Those were the songs I was playing in 1981, all right? And they signed me because they saw me live playing these songs. And the first thing they did was go, this guy's talented, but let's make him Millie Vanilli or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Or Sorry for swearing, but... Uh, no, you can curse all you want. We're on the internet. No, I mean, but they're attracted to you because you obviously are, like, you know, pushing the envelope, and then they try and make you an exact envelope. Yeah. You know? So uh, so I've been through this before. That's why, uh, you know, we got our own studio and we have our own label. It's just like I can do what I want to do, and that was just so great uh, for Mikey to be able to experience that before he passed and uh we got to do a lot of fun stuff together man like you know the last like couple of years even though uh you know he he had like back surgeries and and this and that and I've had like I don't I don't I can't even count how many surgeries I've had but uh we were just in pain and doing music and howling away at the moon and there's nothing wrong with that you know but uh oh. You're right. I mean, the the way the system is set up is is such that uh, they spot people with talent and they ruin them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're but you're right. It's like, hey, listen, I love what you're doing. It's fantastic. We're gonna sign you. Come to our label. But listen, we're gonna change everything about you. I mean, it makes no freaking sense. I, I never got it. I know it's a money thing, and it's all it is is a money thing. But I, you know, you guys are also you're not just musicians. You're artists, and you're creating something. You know, a whole vibe and a sound and. Yeah, it's incredible how like you know we love what you're doing, but listen, let's just drop that and let's do something else. It's it's such bullshit. Well, that's why I'm on the greener pastures here. Uh, I'm just sitting here writing. Uh, I'm getting the ending done to this book, this uh, uh, fiction book that I have. It's kind of a, it's about a serial killer, and I'm uh, I've got a comic strip coming out about me where I have superpowers. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Thirteen edition of me with superpowers blasting away record executives. What can go wrong? <laughs> That's good, man. You know, you know, like, like I said, the one thing I love about. Oh, by you, the man, way, it's called the Captain of Industry. If the you, Captain if of you Industry, I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, 
that's the name of the comic series. And uh, by November, uh, mid-November, I'll see the first four issues. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that because I sat down with two weeks with Sam Sheeran and uh, and hashed this all out. And all his il- his illustrations are amazing, man. So uh, yeah, I'm you know I'm just an author superhero slash type now. Just you know forget the musician part. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's the next you know it's the next phase of your life. I mean, if it brings entertainment to people, I mean you know I've always said it about you. I love that you're outspoken about everything, and you don't you don't you just shoot the shit with everybody. Anybody can call Paul McCartney a douchebag and say I like Lennon better. Anybody that you I just read the spin interview. They answered, do you appreciate your fans? Like I appreciate the money. I don't appreciate them. I mean. I, you can't. I mean, this shit is. I just love this. I mean, you just say what you want to say, and you find that you get too much flack for it, or should you even worry about that? Because you are who you are. I have absolutely no worries about the flack I catch. Uh, there's this thing I just found on my Facebook thing. I just got it like last month, and it's called delete. <laughs> <laughs> Happy camper once I found that button, man. <laughs> I could imagine. Oh, that's so great, man. But I mean, as far as music, is this really going to be the complete? Not just of ministry, but I mean, like anything your involvement with music in general, like performing. I mean, I know you're never crazy about performing live, but I mean, are we going well, to let me let, stuff? let me put it this way: I, I own a recording studio that we built from scratch on the backyard. It's it's the recording studio loans worth like you know half million dollars or something, and uh, it's so I didn't have to do a pub crawl. Well, I I did a pub crawl every night just from the studio to my back porch. Okay, yeah. so uh, but we put the house and the studio and all the gear, everything up for sale, everything, and we're moving back to Los Angeles, oh, uh, all right. Texas. So. Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, once I get once that studio sold, and uh, apparently I've been told, you know, who's gonna buy it? We got one up. <laughs> this is the funniest thing of all. We just got an offer in from the Dixie Chicks. Not bad. <laughs> all three of them? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea, but uh, one of the Dixie Chicks wants to buy my whole place and studio and stuff in El Paso, Texas. And then I can go back and go hang out with my friends for the rest of my uh, mortal coil out in Los Angeles. <laughs> it sounds like you got the whole thing planned out, and I, and I guess we're going to have to just keep buying your books and your comic strips and, and looking at all your other stuff from now on. Yeah, by the next book, it's, it's actually really cool. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of a Silence of the Lambs kind of thing, uh, serial killer. It's It's... It's uh, and, and the funny thing is, is, I've been writing it for 28 years, on yeah. and off, and uh, finally got the ending down. Now I've nailed the ending. There is no Disney ending in this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about that, and I should be done with that by about Christmas. But after that, I'm, I'm just doing, like, uh, college lectures and... Uh, I'm, I'm, the the only tour I'm doing for this record is just uh, basically talking to, to college kids yeah. and uh, getting picked up by uh, universities that want me to come speak on various topics. And uh, it's kind of a weird tour, but uh, I don't know. That's that's all I got left. I'm definitely not doing the uh, 
you know, Alice Cooper thing where you keep touring on the same, you know, beheading a snake or whatever, guillotine, <laughs> uh, with with eighteen year old band members in your band and stuff. Yeah. That just I don't know, man. That uh, I love Alice, but uh, I, that just doesn't sound like my cup of tea, you know. Yeah, no, I, I hear where you're coming from with that. I mean, you talk, you, like you talk about the lost gospel. The book is about you, so I mean, you know, you have all the stories inside you. You know where you're going with it. If you can remember a lot of them over the years, but when you write like the other book, you're writing the new one, the fiction type of book. I mean, is it difficult sitting down trying to put it together? Because you know, I can't write a two-word paragraph without you know getting lost where I am. I mean, is it difficult trying like you know? It's difficult for me to tie my shoes in the damn morning, uh, let alone finish this damn book that I've been writing for 28 years. Uh, But the storyline is really cool. It's about a serial killer that's not a serial killer. He just goes to dive bars, like kind of like Barfly, Charles Bukowski bars, and just talks these losers into killing themselves and then paste up all their obituaries all over his room. And uh, I'm not going to give away the end, though. The end is awesome. But uh, it's it's like, how do you prosecute him, right? It, he's just using his First Amendment rights, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, dude, you know, you need you need to die, man, is what, is what it is. And then he just collects them as trophies, and so it's a serial killer in in a less gory sense. Although there is, uh, uh, we have a screenplay that we're working on for it too, or script uh, that uh, no, there'll be plenty of gore in it. Don't you know? Yeah. Don't worry. Trust me. <laughs> Trust Uncle Al on this one. We're but, gonna have. Uh, at any rate, it's it's gonna happen. It's finally gonna happen. It was just Good. to me. This book reminds me of like that Buck Satan project. I just did uh, yeah. last year. Me and Mike have been wanting to do that for 30 years, okay? Or what? also like 28 years or whatever. And uh, and we finally got it done. You know, after I got out of the hospital, I was just like, dude, we, we better do this now. I don't know how much more time I got. And so he said, okay. And, uh, and I, I really, I love that album, man. I don't know if, You've heard it or anything like that, but it's, it's oh yeah, it's like one six six six. Yeah, it's like a it's like your country out over there. Yeah, it's it's just it's perfect. It's it's exactly how me and Mikey wanted it, and uh, we could take the time on it to make it exactly like we wanted it. You know, because you know, like I said, we own the studio and stuff like that. So, uh, so it was exact. Uh, of what Bug Satan should have been, and that was really gratifying. Now I'm just trying to clean up my plate on this book, and uh, let's see what happens after that. Who knows? Maybe I'll do, like, some tour someday, but only if uh, the rest of the uh, members, you know, want to do it, like uh, Sin and, and John Bechdel and Aaron Rossi and Tony Campos and... Uh, you know that kind of thing, and maybe we'll put together a few shows in a couple years. But uh, I'm definitely for right now. I'm just like taking time and talking to college kids. Hey, why not? Hey, listen, if they made a movie out of the Lost Gospels book, who would play you in the movie? Well, that's got to be Johnny Depp, dude. Yeah. God cop my look. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he sure did, but uh, that would be amazing to see that. That would be funny. <laughs> Payback, 
Payback's a bitch, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right, Uncle Al. Oh, man. Listen, Al, I'm not going to keep you much long. I know you're doing these things all day long, but, I mean, 30-something years of, of talking to schmucks like me and doing these interviews, was there any one – I don't even, like, there's nothing, like, you could think of to ask you anymore because we've heard it all, but is there any one question that was never asked of you that you've been dying for somebody to ask? Nah. Nothing, right? No, I'm just it's like, all been nah, said and done. nothing. It, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like a jumble. And not only that, the thing is is that you can't do that to me. I, I don't read, like, fine points bulletins, you know? Yeah. I just, like he said, shoot from the hip and uh, and deal with it. It's the least favorite part of my job. Uh, second least favorite would be touring. My favorite is obviously just being in the studio, uh, either with my band or side projects or other bands. I love being in the studio. I'm a studio rat, okay? Yeah. Uh, so all this stuff, I don't know, you know, whatever. Somebody hands me a phone and tells me to go talk to somebody. <laughs> I, I have no idea what the hell is going on. I hear that. Well, I'm going to let you get back to the studio, Kyle. It was a pleasure to talk to you today, and I can't wait to see the new book and the movie. That's going to be fantastic, man. The best of luck with that. Oh, thanks. You're a sweetheart, man. Hey, anytime. Uh, you take care, buddy. All right, Mike. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.
crowd went out of control. Tay, I tell you, we didn't have a lot of time to talk tonight because we have so many guests on here, you know? I'm sorry. All right, we're just uh, each other's company, that's it. That's all that matters. And you know what? Before that, we gave you a little thing off the new ministry record. That's a song called Perma One. As you heard, Al, ministry is over. It's dead. It's not coming back. That's it for him. I tell you, he's an outspoken guy and a funny guy. <laughs> he just says what he wants to say, and that's what it's about, and that's what it should be about. You shouldn't have to censor yourself or watch, you know, what you want to talk about. I mean, it's America, for God's sake. That's and it's the true American spirit, I guess. That's yeah. right, and he does a great job at that. But we've still got one more set of guests lined up, Larry, Roger, and Glenn from Vengeance Rising. They'll be calling in in about five minutes or so. The band's re-releasing their first record, Human Sacrifice. It's 25 years old, I guess, this year, and... We'll talk to them about that and everything else going on with them. So, Tay, you know what I was talking I, I We don't really have a lot of time. They'll be calling in five minutes. I'm not even going to play any music. But I was looking at all the shows coming through New York like in, in the last few weeks and ones that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. And I noticed that it's always the same two or three like local bands that are the opening acts. No matter who comes in town, it's the same exact – there's like one band that always sells up for everybody in Brooklyn, one in Manhattan, one out in Long Island. It's always the same bands, and I mean, I know they probably have to pay to get on that bill, or they probably have to sell a lot of tickets, you know, to play yeah. with the bands that are coming through. That, unfortunately, is the way it is, and that's never going to change unless the bands get together and say, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. You put us on, you pay us, whatever. You know, the yeah. going rate may be for a band in, in the slot yarn, and get yeah, paid. It might, might be just the darling of the, uh, you know, the booking agent, you know? Like it could be, but... Like at Lamar's, remember how they used to have their two or three bands that used to go on every uh Yeah, every show. Every uh you know, on every show somehow, you know. I know. If they I, weren't yeah. the first band on I mean if they weren't the second band on, they were definitely the first band on. Yeah. I mean I know that's the way it is, but in the same sense, you know, I don't want to see the same band come out do the same five or six songs, you know. Every sing you know, there were shows like almost every night in New York, you know, between the five boroughs on Long Island and even New Jersey, where you could travel really, there's always a show going on. And to see the same band over and over again, when there are so many other bands that, you know, can have a shot, at least to get themselves ex- some exposure, it's tiresome. I mean, I don't want to see the same couple of bands anymore. I'm getting, you know, I don't even go anymore early to the show. I got it. Not that I'm not a su- supportive. I support this whole scene and everybody in it, whether it's through the show or, but, you know, how many times, I don't want to mention names of bands because, you know, it's, I don't, it's not fair to them, but. How many times can I see you guys opening up for Queensryche, uh, you know, for Halloween, for this band, for that band, any band that comes through town? Let's get yeah. some other bands on the bill and give them a shot to play and, you know, and expose themselves. Because God only knows, the chances of them getting a record out are probably slim to none these days, unless they do it on their own. There's really no tape trading scene like there was in the 80s where bands could at least trade tapes and cassettes. And uh, even with MP3s today, it just doesn't happen. So... Let's give some other bands a shot. You know what I'm saying? But right now, I do believe we have some of the guys from Avengers Rising on the line. Let's see who it is. All right, I'm going to take a shot. Is it Larry, Roger, or Glenn? This is Glenn. Glenn, what's going on? It's Mike. How are you? Mike, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get Larry to call in right now. All right. I guess well, I just sent him the number because he couldn't get, he couldn't find the number and he couldn't log on to the site that Bill gave us. So. Oh, all right. Um, okay. It's, we can uh, we can wait a few minutes from the call in. If you want to bullshit a little bit before he does, we can talk. Yeah. Well, I was going to just call him back and say to call in right now. Uh, I just I just text messaged him. So let me let me call you right. I'm going to call right back. Uh, all right. If not, I put shit. You got it. No problem. Two minutes. Two minutes. You got it, Glenn. All right. 
All right, we're going to wait for those guys to call up, and we'll try to get together at the same time, and we'll have them on. And uh, Tommy and I, we were talking about the local bands and how the, you know, there's only like a handful of them playing over and over again. And I really haven't seen many shows lately, which is a shame. I just haven't been able to get that. I've been working so much all the time. But you and I are going to hit up John Oliva's coming to New York in December, so we have that to look forward to. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, we'll get out before that, hopefully. But, uh, you know, Kenny, uh, last week, uh, the week before, you know, Saxon played New York. Uh, Fozzie opened up, and we saw Saxon the last time around when they came to New York. And they're kind of here every year now, it seems, uh, around the same time of year also. So uh, it's not like, you, you know, you can't catch him. But uh, Kenny was telling me that, you know, Fozzie opened up, which is Chris Jericho's band. And, you know, I mean, he's got his own thing going on from the wrestling. So he's already, you know, he's already well established. Maybe the band's not the biggest band in the world, but, you know, he has a reputation. People know who he is. And uh, Kenny said it was packed when they were on. And when they were done, it's like the place empty night, he said. You know, Saxon played before a very small crowd. And uh, that's that's kind of surprising considering that they're the headliners. They've been around for such a long time. And, you know, every time we've caught them at BB Kings, it was a pretty crowded place. I mean, you know, it was a little bit of breathing room, but they had a pretty decent crowd there. Now, is it just because maybe they had no new record to promote, which I don't see it being, or maybe because, you know, every year when you play, maybe you just, well, I saw Saxon last year. It'll be back next year. And I don't well, know. I don't you know, know about new. They did have a new record. Uh, sacrifice. sacrifice last year, yeah. But they didn't play. They didn't promote Sacrifice last year. No, I'm Is sorry. That? In January that came out of this year. They were out there in the beginning of this right. year. That this, album. This year they came out promoting the last album again. Yeah. Or no, uh, like, there was something uh, live released, wasn't there? I'm. I'm not too sure, but you know what? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put you on uh, hold for a second. I think All I right, yeah, 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 just rising up. So. The guys, I'll be listening. All right. Yeah. Do I got the both of you on the line? Well, he's calling, he's calling, and I just talked to him. I said, call right now. He goes, is it going on right now? I said, yeah, it's going on right now. Call. <laughs> I think he's on the line. Well, I call him, and I'm here. All right, there you go. You're right. Hey. What is? You got to love hey. this technology, huh? Isn't it awesome? How are you, brother? <laughs> Hey, well, listen, guys, I go back with you from the days of Vengeance and, and when you changed the Vengeance Rising. So I'm glad that 25 years later, you know, Human Sacrifice, 25 years ago it came out, and people who might not have been around at that time or have known about the record, because you have a lot of young kids today that are into our scene, and uh, it looks like they might be coming across the sound for the first time. So how do you feel about it 25 years after you put it out? Thankful. Um, Extremely thankful. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome to get a chance to still be alive. <laughs> one thing to, to 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 see something that we're a part of that uh, had a, a positive effect on uh, society, really. You know, kids and people growing up and have, giving them a tool. You know, so looking back on it now, I think we're we're seeing a little more of of the repercussion than certainly when it was first happening. But you know, we didn't have any. Uh, wasn't you know we weren't thinking about you know trying to stack up a bunch of numbers with people or something like that, you know, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm extremely thankful to, uh, you know, have been a part of it. I think it's awesome. I'm glad about that. And guys, I'm going to just throw the questions out there. Whoever wants to answer it, you know, go cool. right ahead. That way I don't have to direct it at each one of you. Uh, like I said, 25 years ago, the album comes out. You guys were a, a, a Christian metal band. Did the connotation or the images that, that come with that have any effect on the band? Because when you listen to the music, I mean, it's some of the most brutal heavy metal out there. And, you know, of course, the lyrics are always important because they convey a message from the band. But was there any, like, resistance from, like, the, the scene or like outside forces going in that direction or is it that because that's how you felt and that you know was your belief and you wanted to write about it um yeah absolutely uh, well 
you know, the band came together <clears throat> with the vision that started with um, before me and Larry were in the band, actually. And Bob Beeman, our pastor, who was, uh, you know, pastor of Sanctuary, was kind of yeah. kind of helping putting the band together with, uh, it was uh, Doug and, and Roger Martin. And uh, they had another, they had a female, actually a female vocalist and um, another drummer and whatnot. And um, by the time it came around with me and Larry and we sat in his office and we just kind of had this vision, you know, there's no Christian bands that are actually targeting this, genre of music. I mean, you had Striper, you had Baron Cross, you had, you know, your your standard, <clears throat> uh, standard, you know, just regular metal. So, um, going forth, you know, we thought, well, who's reaching the kids that are listening to, you know, to Slayer and listening to uh, Venom and, you know, Metallica and stuff. There's not really a, a lot of, you know, thrash metal fans out there that are Christian that have a message. So, that's how that started and we just, and we all had a heart for it. I mean, you know, as far as musically, I mean, you know, all of us come from a totally different background as far as music. We, you know, like we're more that classic, you know, rock style. Your Zeppelin, your Deep Purple, your Sabbath. That's that's the genre of music that we came from. So to to start playing this type of music was new to some of us. Um, it was to me at least as a drummer. Um, so it was uh, definitely a vision that we had, you know, and thought that uh, we felt God is hand moving on it for sure. Yeah. Well, one of the good, do I think it was, you know, um, you know, we never were had any. We're not the Christian answer to Slayer or to ACDC or here's your version of whatever Christian style. We did our own thing, and I think it's, you know, one of the great things to me is that you know it stands on its own and. Um, but, you know, we were certainly loved and hated from both sides of the fence, that's for sure, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can yeah. imagine back in the day what it was like. Because, you know, you do have bands like, say, like Slayer, Merciless, Fate, and Venom. And for, for most of those bands, that whole satanic thing was like an image, just, you know, to, to draw attention mm-hmm. to the band, to get the name out there. Whether You know, you've heard Tom Ray over and over again that, you know, I'm a Catholic. I don't believe in believing a lot of this stuff. But it was just, you know, trying to be the most evil thing out there to, to bring notoriety. And but you guys didn't do that with the Christian end of it because you guys you know truly believed in what you were writing about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. Regardless, regardless of that, if their message was just a uh, uh, you know, uh, and and I believe like you said, most of it was because I have a friend of mine who was the, you know the road manager for Slayer for twenty five years, and um, you know I've talked to him about it. He's like, no, oh, dude, it's just a it's just a you know a gimmick to draw in the kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all it was. Which is sad to but, think that here, you but, know, you hear some of your heroes in your bands and stuff and don't even believe in what they're singing about. You know, it's kind of sad when you come to that, you know, it kind of lets yeah. a lot of air out of your balloon there. Sure. But, but you it, know. Also, uh, it also draws, you know, those kids, they think it's real, so they get into it. and they Yeah, really where are they sending those like, kids? Yeah, what, what are they doing to the kids? Really, ultimately, yeah. their fans, what, what kind of, what are they sending? What kind of message? What are they, but, you know, I mean... Uh, Everybody's saying something when they get up on the mic, you know. Exactly. Well, you know, the band put out two great records, kind of back to back, about two years apart. Once Dead comes out, and then, you know, not long after that, we don't hear much from the band anymore. Was there a falling out within the group, or was it just the change in the scene coming about in the '90s, or maybe guys wanting to go in different directions? Well, um, actually, see, the original five lineup of Vengeance or Vengeance Rising. Only did the first two albums, Human Sacrifice and Once yeah. Dead. 
And once after Once Dead was that album and tour was uh, done with, when the band changed, myself, Doug, Roger Martin, and Glenn uh, had all stuck together and did, you know, three records with Die Happy. But um, Roger Martinez continued on with Vengeance and did two other records still with Vengeance Rising. So there's a, you know, there was other material certainly put out there by Roger who, you know, um, wanted to continue on with the band. And basically really what had happened is because we were so new at what we were doing, there was no support really for, for us, whether it's Christian, non-Christian, record labels, nothing. We had really virtually minimal support. And so, you know, when you're paving, trying to pave a new way for something, it was really difficult for us to do. And it just, uh, you know, all the attacks that were coming on us, everything that was going on, it was, you know, we're actually, we're not – you know, going out there singing pretty rock and roll music. We're going out there, you know, where kids are beating each other up and stuff, you know, to the music. So a totally different scene to be in. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I just, um, I think that, you know, once, once the band had changed, because when we came back, there was a huge issues that we had with financial situations that we were in. And um, really ultimately what we wanted to do was just, put the band at rest and just let it go, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, take that $50,000 debt and everybody, what the suggestion was is to do a couple of concerts and to sell as much merchandise, advertise it at the end of the band that this is it. And then use that to try to pay off whatever that $50,000 debt we had. And then each one of us resumed the rest of the difference of the debt. But Roger Martinez wanted to continue on with the band's, felt that he still had the vision for it and saw, you know, what was there in front of him and wanted to take it and run with it. So he, he got everything, you know, he got the debt, he got the merchandise, he got the record sales, he got everything. Yeah. So, and then it just, it just kind of imploded on him, unfortunately, you know, uh, which, you know, um, but you know, that it's awesome thing is really is the fact that those records are 90% scripture and uh, that's, that's not going anywhere. And that's probably why you're seeing a resurgence of it again, because, that stuff's not going to go anywhere. It doesn't even matter about who we are. Um, you know, it's those lyrics, and they're still going to continue to touch people's lives forever, which is which is the awesome part about it, you know. Yeah, that that's very true. But, you know, you guys have played together all this time pretty much. I mean, like I said, from Die Happy, which uh, I got to tell you, even till today, I still play the Volume 2 record over and over again. I mean, awesome. I keep going on with that. And, you know, then, then Once Dead, not long yet. Was Once Dead kind of like maybe trying to revive Ventures Rising under a different name because it was named after the record? What happened was because, like I had said about with Roger Martinez, what you know him owning Vengeance, the band, all that kind of stuff. Um, when there was a reunion that got brought up about doing that, uh, which was that whole uh, Return with a Vengeance, the once said Return with a, with a Vengeance video. Yeah. So there was a, 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 a an interest in us doing a reunion thing to get us together to play again, but of course, you know. It wasn't. It brought the four of us together, but not unfortunately with Roger Martinez. And um, because of that, we couldn't use the name, so we just we just went with the name of the album. And then from there, um, we were wanting to kind of try to push for something else, but um, it just got kind of difficult and uh, and hard. And and um, other people came in, and it ju- it just changed around. And then it just wasn't that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just was its own thing. It ended up, you know, the Once Dead Visions of Hell album ended up being its own thing. It was never intended to be a runoff of Vengeance at all. You know, I mean, um, I would love for us all to get back together to do something, but you know, <clears throat> that's just me. You know. 
Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's everybody. I think the four of us all talked about that as actually, you know, possibly doing a show or a couple shows to support the uh, human sacrifice. Yeah. That would be great. With the, with the re-release of the record, was anything new done to it, or was it fixed up, or re- you know, remastered in any way, or is it just being re-released? It was I guess. It, yeah, apparently it was remastered and everything. Like the the original photo, which I just found this out actually, well through Chris Keen, who was the guy who had uh, done the the special makeup. effects makeup on both albums. You know. On on the first two albums, he did that. He did the hand, and then he did our faces on the on the second album. Um, but that original photo is of the left hand, and I never knew all these years because on the album it's a closer up shot of the right hand. Well, the original photo was of the left hand and a little further away, so they actually did that. They took the original photo, which was a little um, backed up and, and, and of the left hand and used that for the 25th anniversary, kind of change it up. And they released some picture discs and uh, some autograph photos, like 300 autograph photos by Bob of the actual po- a poster of the album. Yeah. So they did do some stuff and a button. You get a button with it and stuff. And, uh, you know. I didn't even notice that with the hand. I have to go and check that out now. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. a little trivia thing. Because when I first saw it, I thought, oh, what did they do? They put the hand on it backwards. And then I kind of, we were talking with Chris. He's like, oh, no, that's the original photo. You know, that's, that's yeah. how it was originally. It got and turned around. I thought, wow. I definitely have to look into that. But like you said, Once a Dead, I guess, is the main focus today also still. I mean, Visions of Hell came out like 2008. So are you guys working on anything new or are you looking to maybe branch out to something different? Well, I would love it if there's a way. I know um, there had been talks over in Switzerland with Doug about wanting to get us over there to do the human sacrifice in its entirety, you know, just do the whole entire album, a concert of the whole entire album. Yeah. This would be awesome to do. And, and I think we're all kind of would like to do that. Like Glenn was saying to help support the release of the album. It'd be nice if we could, you know, maybe get a show in Europe and maybe one in, I don't know, Texas or Chicago or something like that. And just try to do a couple of gigs here and there. If people actually want it, you know, and, um, you know, which would be fun. I think it'd be awesome to do. But of course, we're always going to run into that issue of needing who's going to fill Roger Martinez's shoes. And in all reality, no one will be able to fill Roger Martinez's shoes. There's just no way. Yeah. He certainly was the right and perfect person for the band and what we were doing. And when he came in as a a pastor, you know, someone who was bold enough to get up on that stage and say what he had to say to those kids and those people, regardless of what they thought, you know, or felt or whatever, you know. Uh, Roger was a very bold person, man, and uh, not only just in his lyrics, but, you know, just in everything, man. You know, it was awesome. So I think, you know, it would be fun for us to do something like that if we could find somebody who would pull off the vocals close and was into it. But, um, you know, I think there's ultimately no way of really replacing Roger. So, um, you know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You would think, like, in this day and age, like, after all the years have gone by, you know, and the music has come to, like, you know, it's, it's a revival right now of everything from the, you know, from the 80s that we kind of grew up with, that people would be able to just, like, get together and do it and enjoy it now, you know, and have a good time, especially over in Europe, because the festivals love having us over there to play, and you guys get to play in front of such great audiences over there. I know it's kind of dead here in the U.S., you know, in a lot of markets, but it would be great if that could happen. Oh, I would love it. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely a consideration. It's not something that we've 
we've thought about and said forget it. It's definitely a consideration with all of us because we're all willing. I mean, uh, the four of us are willing. Uh, like like I mean, Larry said, do we just need to find somebody that can fill Rod's shoes as far as timing? Like, you know, not filling his shoes as far as his personality yeah. or like that, but just somebody that would pull off the vocals uh, and you know, just go out and have some fun and do it, you know? Yeah. That would be great, I tell you. Well, you know, how was the scene in Los Angeles back in, like, the late 80s for you guys? I mean, was it a difficult scene to break into? The scene itself? Yeah. Um, well, I guess for us, in a way, it, certainly it was. I mean, even though there was an uprising of the style of music, it was kind of rising up from as underground as it really was. But yet, you know, there's, excuse me, there's, um, I don't know, it was just, uh, I think that, you know, we, we had um, had a bigger fight on our hands than we probably were aware of with uh, <laughs> everything that was going on to get us out there into the scene and for people to understand what we were doing and, and um, what our purpose was. Because we actually had a purpose. It wasn't a band just going out, picking up on chicks and partying and just hanging out and trying to make millions of dollars and think you're cool on stage with your new hairdo. We actually had yeah. a purpose out there, you know. And and so there was there was issues with that. Unfortunately, we, man, you know, it looks like there were five guys in that band, you know, when you look at the albums and stuff. But there was a whole big crew of people behind us that made it actually happen, you know. That support from Sanctuary, from Bob Beeman, from Chris Keen, from NAR, to Franco for being on the cross, Marquez designing our logo that we went to school with. I mean, all the support just from the body that we had at Sanctuary, that was really, you know, was able to keep us going and afloat, really, just the support from the brothers and sisters who really understood the vision of what we were trying to do out there, you know? Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Well, listen, guys, I only got a few minutes left in the show, and before I let you go, I want to get on some music so people can hear something off the new album, well, not the new album, but the re-release of the album. But where's the best place for people to keep in touch with you guys, find out what's going on musically, and, you know, what you have coming up with either Avengers Rise, and hopefully, but still one's dead. Uh, there's a um, there is a Facebook uh, Vengeance uh, Rising um, uh, that they go go to. I, I do you know what the address for that is, uh, or just look under Vengeance Rising on Facebook. You should be able to pull yeah, it up. Yeah, you could do that, or, or even just look up us all individually. All each one of us individually is out there on Facebook that they could get get to us too. You know. Yeah. So right. anybody can reach any one of us, and you know if they want to set up a gig, want to. Talk with us. Uh, tell us we're ugly. Whatever it is, you know, <laughs> uh, they can get, they can get to us through there. You know, um, and you know now they can hear it. You know, so they know. That's right. That's right. Where, well, you where know are you? Uh, you're, you're back east in New York, right? Yeah. Did the accent give it away? Well, we're we're in New York. <laughs> a little bit. I was born in Bay Shore, Long Island. Ah, uh, well, I originally out of Brooklyn, New York, so not too far away. Okay, not too far away. All right. Not at all. Yeah. But, hey, guys, I can't thank awesome. you enough for calling in today. I'm going to get on a song. Thank you so best much. Best of luck. And, hey, hopefully, Vengeance Rising, it'll happen, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, yeah, brother. We're, we're going to try. That's all you can do. Hey, guys, thank you very yeah. much. Enjoy the rest thank of your day. Take care. You all too. Right. Take care. All right. Uh, I want to thank Larry and Glenn from Vengeance Rising for calling in today and really once dead. So definitely check out that band and pick up the re-release and keep requesting it because you know what? Maybe they just will get back together, put everything that happened in the past aside and give us a great tour. So here you go. Off the first record, Burn.
right, there you go. Vengeance Rising, check out the band. Get that re-release of that first record. Hey, T, we only got about 10 minutes left in the show. So, I don't know, maybe play one or two more tunes and then wrap things up here today. What do you think? Yeah. All right, well, you know what? This is the end of September as far as the show goes. There's a couple of days left in the actual month. But Rocktober's right around the corner. Man, we got a great bunch of guests coming up this month. Like I said, next Sunday night, Miss Lita Ford will be calling into the show. I can't wait to talk to Lita. Uh, We have Gary Papard from uh, Jaguar calling in. So many other guys, Joe, Com- Joe Como from uh, Dust Machine, Elise Lord is going to be calling. they got a brand new record coming out. What? we got so many people on this month, I can't even remember. Nice Rocket from Onslaught, uh, Anton Lant from you know Venom and uh, Defcon 1. He was also in Empire Evil for a little bit and many, many more that I just can't even remember. But we'll, we'll have the whole list up there on the Facebook page in a couple of days when we hit the first. And since it is the, you know Halloween this month and I'm a big Halloween fanatic, I think we keep all the metal matinee this month sort of in the horror genre, you know? Mm, cool so idea. this Thursday on the Metal Matinee at 12 o'clock, it's Hospital, instead of Hospital, Hospital, it looks better on paper when you see the flyer, but that's what's yeah, coming yeah. up this week, and unfortunately I had to stick in one Survival of the Fittest in 1998, because I gotta wrap up this decade, <laughs> we've been going on for about two years now, I haven't had the chance to do a lot of shows, so don't forget to tune in Thursday to the Metal Matinee, and keep your eye out for who's coming up next month, but Tay, let me see, what can I play right now, you know what? Uh, uh, Universal Studios in Florida, they do a great Halloween thing every year over there, you know, uh, and they just hooked up with Black Sabbath, and yeah. they have a, a whole Black Sabbath set up over there this year, uh, based on the new record, 13, and it's like a, a Black Sabbath, uh, like, corn maze, I guess, you know, like a um, heavy metal corn maze, so I saw a few pictures up today, I guess the band's out there, like, taking promo pictures, and, you know, going to do the promoting for it, because I believe it opens up this weekend over there, the Halloween Horror Nights, and they do a great job without it, but it's killer that they put some Black Sabbath in the this year. you got to give it up for Universal Studios, you know, yeah. for going classic heavy metal, so if you're there, definitely go and check it out, you know, uh, we're always down in Florida, but I haven't been down there in October in a while, so I told my wife, I said, you know, I think we should make a trip this month and uh, go to the Black Sabbath maze, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, you got to check it out. They did a really great job. You know, it's nothing like, you know, when you have, like, the Masters of Horror and Black Sabbath kind of mixed together. Because those guys really know what they're doing when it comes to, like, the special effects and, you know, the decorations. And it just looks fantastic. So uh, that's something I definitely want to check out. And if anybody's getting any videos or pictures of it, I want to open it. Put it up in case I can't get that. I definitely want to see it. Cool. All right. So how about we uh, close things out here? Let me see. we got five minutes left in the show. i got to find a song that fits into that time. I don't know. Ah, everything I got is so long. Ah, that's no good. This is no good. That's no good. Everything is too long, Tay. And the more I keep talking, the time keeps ticking down. Uh, I can't we'll find anything it, to fit into the damn we'll thing. Play a couple of Stillborn songs. Well, we got four minutes left. The Stillborn. I, I can actually play a whole Stillborn set in four minutes, but, you know. <laughs> All right, you know what we'll do? We'll do Battle Axe. The song is shouted out. I'll see everybody Thursday in the middle of matinee. Right, Tay, right. take care. But next week, two guests. We'll be able to bullshit the entire show. All right, you got it. All right, buddy. Have a great week. Everybody take care. The work week will be over before you know it, even though it's just getting started tomorrow. Friday's right around the corner. We'll see you then. Take care. All right. Good night, everybody.
this is Al Chibers of Primal Fear, and you're listening to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show on BlockTalkRadio.com with Mai, the Big Cheese, and of course with Heavy Metal Pure. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.